Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Sam Splaining Science. I'm Sam. I'm your host. I'll be Sam Splaining the Science. This week, we're talking about allergies because, well, tis the sneezing. Get it? Like, tis the season, but also like sneezing. Okay, let's get into it. Hi everyone, I hope you're doing well. Before I go any further into this episode, I need to give my older sister credit for the opening tagline. I told her this weekend that this week's episode was going to be about allergies, and that I wanted to make a pun like, it's allergy sneezing. Um, And she said that I should say, tis the sneezing. And I laughed really hard at that, so I stole it. So, thank you, Nicole. Um, But yeah, it certainly is the season for sneezing, as they say. The springtime weather is slowly but surely coming about where I am, um, which makes me very happy because I love longer days. I love taking walks in warmer weather. But I also kind of hate it a little bit because every year I suffer with horrible allergies. And actually, I don't just have seasonal allergies. It's not just the seasonal pollen that gets me, um, though it does get me good. I am also super allergic to dust and to cats and most heartbreakingly, dogs. Being allergic to dogs is something that I wouldn't put on my worst enemy. It is an absolute curse. It is torture. I love dogs so much, and every time I see one, I want to pet them, I want to hug them, but when I do, I very soon after turn into a puddle of tears and snot and hives and I wheeze, and it's just absolute torture. But I love them so much. So all I can do is ask the question, why me? Why me? Why God? What have I done to deserve this? Anyway, with that, that'll bring us to this week's questions. The first question for this week is, why do bad things happen to good people? I'm kidding. Except I'm not really kidding, because I really, it's, if I could change one thing about my life with a snap of my fingers, it would be my allergy to dogs, because it's just the thing that I hate most about myself. (laughs) Um, Okay, anyway sidetrack this week's questions the reason why you're here today um is to ask some questions to learn about allergies so the first question that we're going to ask is what is an allergic reaction what causes an allergic reaction and what symptoms come with an allergic reaction um and then the second question is what are some treatments that are uh used for allergies and allergic reactions. I got a lot of information to answer these questions from the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, or the the quadruple A. How many A's are there? Four. The quadruple AI. Um, So all of those are linked in the description. As usual, sources are cited. Okay, so let's get started with the first question. 
what is an allergic reaction where we're going to cover the cause and the symptoms of allergic reactions. So in short, an allergic reaction is when your immune system acts like a little bit of a drama queen. She's overdramatic, she overreacts, she makes something a problem when there's actually not really a problem. Our immune systems are made up of a bunch of different kinds of cells and components that help us fight off foreign particles that come into our body from the outer environment. And these foreign particles are also called antigens. Um, and some examples of antigens could be like a virus that we come into contact with, um, but it could also be like pollen in the air, tree pollen. Um, basically anything that doesn't belong in our bodies but ends up in our bodies is an antigen. And it's our immune system's job to identify these antigens and to get rid of them. One of the components of our immune system is the antibody. Uh, the antibody also has another name called immunoglobulin. Uh, and I can't help but picture like little goblins whenever I say that because globulin looks a lot like goblin. I don't know. Um, that was unnecessary to share. I just thought I would share my stream of consciousness. Anyway, um, <laughs> so these immunoglobulins and these antibodies are sort of a general term and they're broken down and classified into different types. So there are five of the most common immunoglobulin types are IgG, IgM, IgA, IgD, and IgE. And each of these has a specific and unique function um, that sort of responds to different antigens in different ways. But all of them work together to protect our bodies against these foreign particles, these antigens. Of these immunoglobulins, of these immunoglobulins, IgE is the troublemaker when it comes to allergy problems. Too much IgE in the blood has been suggested to cause hypersensitivity towards non-harmful substances. Um, so in other words, if there's too much of this IgE in our blood, it'll overreact when it senses a substance in our body that is not actually harming us. So for example, tree pollen. Tree pollen will not kill us, but for some reason, IgE thinks it's a threat and it'll start a chain reaction that leads to an allergic reaction because it senses this substance that it thinks is a threat, even though it's not. There are different subtypes of IgE that each target different specific antigens also. So that's something to note as well. So for example, there's a strain or type of IgE that specifically targets pollen, one that specifically targets dust, dog hair, etc. So that could be why some people have worse allergies to certain antigens than other people. It could be their expression of the different types of IgE in their blood or in their immune system. All right, so let's say we're outside on a walk, enjoying the beautiful spring weather. The air that we're breathing in has some tree pollen in it. 
maybe, definitely, probably. Eventually, we breathe in enough of the air and enough pollen gets into our nose so that the IgE that responds to tree pollen will come into contact with it. And from that interaction, the IgE will start an immune response. It'll say, hey, you don't belong here. I'm gonna go call for backup so that we can kick you out because you don't belong here and you're a threat to us. So the IgE starts to cause some trouble. The IgE goes to other cells, um, for example, a mast cell, which basically is a cell that releases pro-inflammatory mediators or basically chemicals that promote inflammation. One of these chemicals is called histamine, which you might have heard of in the context of allergies, histamine. The chemical histamine interacts with different parts of the body to cause inflammation. And this inflammation, this irritation, leads to the symptoms of an allergic reaction. So what the IgE is doing is basically tattling on the pollen, right? Like when your sibling tells on you to your parents, like you're the pollen and you accidentally push your sibling down a flight of stairs, your sibling whose name is IgE. So as soon as the IgE senses you, the pollen, or it gets pushed down the stairs, what, what are they going to do? They're going to run to the parent aka the mast cell and they're gonna tattle they're gonna say there's pollen here pollen is here and it shouldn't be and then what does the parent do the parent unleashes the punishment right the mast cell says you're grounded you're done and it releases histamine and histamine in turn starts the allergic reaction so it's release and it causes inflammation and it's this inflammation that causes the awful, awful feelings that come with allergies. So some of these awful feelings, for example, are caused by inflammation of the lining of the nose and throat. So this also promotes drainage, AKA snot. Sorry if that's gross, but it's what it is. Um, and that like makes your nose run, it makes you cough. That's your body's way of reacting to the foreign particle of pollen or whatever the allergen is that you're reacting to. It's your body's way of pushing it back out of your body and keeping it from returning. So if we're breathing in and through our nose pollen, the lining of our nose is gonna be like, wait a second, this is an intruder, it doesn't belong here, let's flush out our nose so that it gets out of here. Um, and that sort of reaction is caused by the IgE to histamine pathway. Um, so this causes symptoms like runny nose, congestion, facial pressure, cough. All of these symptoms are also called sinusitis or hay fever, if you've ever heard either of those terms. They're very common in like allergy symptom definition. I don't know. Um, <laughs> another similar thing happens um, if you are having an allergic reaction and you get watery eyes, right? So if the allergen comes into contact with your eyes, it'll irritate your eyeball and it'll overproduce tears in order to rinse 
the allergen out of your eyes. Um, so like anecdotally, I'm just going to like put in my personal stories because why not? It's my freaking podcast, right? Um, but like when I'm petting a dog and I don't wash my hands right after and then I touch my eyes, they, I cry for like three days. It's awful. Um, but it's, that's just like my tear ducts reacting to the the allergen, the antigen, uh, in order to rinse it out of my system. It's very uncomfortable though. And I get that my, you know, the immune system's just trying to help, but oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> um, this sort of inflammation response can also happen in the lining of the stomach if you ingest something that you're allergic to or that you're sensitive to. So this can cause indigestion and other digestive issues as well if the allergen is swallowed. You can also get hives on your skin as a result of an allergic reaction. And this is just inflammation in certain spots of the skin. Usually they're like red and super itchy um, and uncomfortable. But again, that's basically just your body's way of saying like, there's something touching my skin that shouldn't be touching my skin. So I'm going to irritate the skin to like get it away. Um, another symptom you might experience in an allergic reaction is called bronchospasms or asthma. Um, this is when your airways become irritated and inflamed. It causes difficulty breathing as well as wheezing and coughing. The most extreme outcome of an allergic reaction is called anaphylaxis. This is a common one in people who have severe food allergies, like people who have a severe peanut or shellfish, shellfish allergy, um, or people who are allergic to like bee stings. So when a person comes into contact with a food or a medication that they're severely allergic to or they're stung by a bee, they may go into anaphylactic shock. Um, and this results in rashes, feeling lightheaded, shortness of breath, throat tightness, anxiety, cramps, vomiting, and or diarrhea. And this is really a very dangerous condition and it needs to be treated immediately. It can kill you if you don't address it immediately. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in thinking about allergies and talking about allergies and it's like man aren't the sniffles annoying and then you get to like anaphylaxis and you're like okay damn I guess I'm glad I'm not dead um but yeah it's it's interesting how allergies can range from just like a nuisance to literally fatal um but yeah in all allergies can be really bad uncomfortable, make you miserable, and in some cases can be life-threatening. If you ever experienced allergies, I think I'm sure you know how awful it feels. Um, if you've never experienced allergies, just know that I trust you less. Just kidding. But actually know that I'm very jealous of you and your perfectly typical functioning immune system who doesn't overreact to anything. It must be nice. Congrats on that. <laughs> All 
All right. With that, let's get into the second question for today, which is how, how do we make it stop? When you're in an allergic reaction and you're like, I can't stop my nose from running. I can't stop my eyes from watering. How do we stop and how do we treat allergic reactions? Um, so we're going to walk through a few example treatments that are used. So let's start with the most severe, the most life-threatening, which is the last one that we talked about in the first half, um, the anaphylaxis reaction, which can be fatal if it's not treated. So an anaphylactic uh, response requires immediate medical attention. Firstly, the patient must be injected with epinephrine. So you might have heard of an EpiPen. It's basically a syringe filled with epinephrine that when someone is going into anaphylaxic shock, they will stab in their outer thigh um, and hold for 10 seconds. That's an important step. Um, And basically this will inject epinephrine into their system. Epinephrine is a hormone that regulates or stimulates uh, your heart rate, stimulates your breathing rate, etc., Epinephrine is also commonly known as adrenaline. So, you know, like the reference of having an adrenaline rush, right? When someone's heart is beating so fast and their pupils are dilating and their breathing rate increases. So when someone's going into anaphylaxis and their throat is closing and they're, you know, like in a state of like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I can't breathe. I'm going to die. They inject epinephrine with their EpiPen to give themselves essentially an adrenaline rush. And that helps open their airways back up. It keeps their heart beating, their blood pumping. Um, But then immediately after that injection, they're still able to breathe, hopefully, but they need to go to the emergency room. Um, And in the emergency room, they're monitored because sometimes severe allergic reactions can return after an initial dose of epinephrine wears off. Um, So it is a very serious condition, and it's not like, oh, you know, I took an EpiPen, I'm all good. Uh, it is very serious and it needs to be uh, it needs to be treated and then followed up with a medical professional immediately. So that's the main treatment when an allergic reaction turns into anaphylaxis. Another allergic reaction symptom that we talked about was bronchospasm or asthma. So this can be treated with bronchodilators, which are also, known as inhalers, uh, and these can be used when symptoms arise. So in a bronchospasm or an asthma, the lining of the airways is irritated and they, it kind of feels like they're closing almost. It's very difficult to breathe. Um, but when you take a bronchodilator, uh, this medication will counteract that feeling of your throat closing by dilating or opening your breathing tubes, and that makes it much easier to breathe. So again, anecdotally, I'm gonna jump in here. Um, When I'm around dogs or cats for too long, especially like in an enclosed space, like not outside, I get bronchospasms pretty bad and I have to use an inhaler. Like I'm very allergic to my family dog Um, but if I have my inhaler, I'll still hang out with her. I'll still kick it with her because she's worth 
every bronchospasm, in my opinion. I love her so much. Aw, so sweet. But it's true. I love her. Um, so that's the treatment for uh, bronchospasms or asthma. Um, so you just use an inhaler as needed. Um, usually the symptoms subside when you get away from the allergen. Right, it's like if I had an issue with a dog or a cat, as soon as I leave, or not as soon as I leave, but pretty soon after I leave, um, my breathing improves. So it's, it's only around until you separate yourself from the allergen. Okay. There are other medications that are also used to treat the more common, less severe symptoms of allergies. So like the sinusitis symptoms, the runny nose, watery eyes, congestion, etc. One of the most common ones that you might have heard of is an antihistamine. Um, so this is like a Benadryl or a Zyrtec. Not sponsored. <laughs> oh my God, Zyrtec, can you sponsor me? Please, I'm begging. Um, <laughs> Uh, that would be the, the only sponsorship I would ever need in life is just a lifetime supply of Zyrtec. Um, <laughs> so antihistamines help with uh, the symptoms of hay fever slash sinusitis, and they also help with hives. As the name implies, they are antihistamine. So what they do, how they act is they block the action of the histamine, which again is the chemical that causes inflammation in the lining of the nose, the lining of the throat, um, the surface of the skin. So if it stops the action of histamine, it stops the inflammation that is caused by histamine and it stops the symptoms that are caused by the inflammation that are caused by histamine. It's, it's a whole cycle, babe. Um, <laughs> so after taking an antihistamine, you reduce the activity of histamine in response to the allergen, which in theory should stop things like the mucus secretion, um, hives, cough, everything that histamine sort of causes in an allergic reaction. Another medication that is used to treat um, sinusitis and symptoms of allergies is uh, decongestant, like Afrin. Um, so these help with congestion symptoms, as the name implies. Um, and they do this by reducing the blood flow to your nose, um, which in turn reduces the fluid that leaks out of the lining of your nose. So it kind of stops the buildup of mucus and it stops the nose running mucus. Ugh. I, I really don't like that word. I much prefer snot, although I know it's not a medical term and maybe snot is not a, <laughs> maybe snot is snot. <laughs> oh my God. I need to go out more. Um, Maybe snot is not a uh, preferred term either, but I just hate the word mucus. Anyway, 
let's go on to another treatment of uh, for allergic reactions. And this is one that is very intriguing to me that I'd like to learn more about. Um, it's called immunotherapy. Basically, it's a way to train your immune system uh, to get your immune system used to the antigens that it overreacts to. So in immunotherapy, the allergens that cause your allergic reactions are injected into you, the patient, to cause the allergy symptoms in a sort of like an exposure therapy type thing. So the more exposure you get to something, potentially the more accustomed your immune system gets to dealing with each exposure. So how it works is you go in for injections one to two times a week with really, really small doses of the antigen. Enough to trigger an immune response, but not too much to overwhelm your, overwhelm your immune system and cause severe allergic reactions. Um, so you start out with like really small doses, but as you continue with the injections, you work your way up until you reach a target dose. And then once you reach the target dose, um, you hit like a maintenance period where you'll go every two to four weeks to get injected with the target dose for three to five years. And then many people after that point have lasting results and they don't have to come back for immunotherapy and they're able to have immune systems that are not over dramatic when it comes to things like pet dander or dust or, uh, you know, other allergens. Um, but some people do relapse after stopping immunotherapy. So I'm interested to read more about how it works and the efficacy of it. Um, and if it works for dog, like pet dander, because I, like I said, I can't stress it enough how much I hate being allergic to dogs. <laughs> um, there are some risks when it comes to immunotherapy too. Um, the website mentions that uh, if injected with too high of a dose, there's a potential for anaphylaxis. So it's important to do this sort of immunotherapy with a doctor in case they you know, inject too much and you go into anaphylaxis. Um, so it's important to be in sort of a medical uh, environment. These treatments that I mentioned all target the symptoms for the most part. Um, not really the cause of the symptom, right? Which again, the cause of the symptom is the overdramatic immune system because there's too much immunoglobulin E in the, in the immune system. Um, so one page that I was looking at on the Quadruple AI website noted that there are some recent advancements in allergy and asthma treatments that have started looking at anti-IgE antibodies. So basically targeting and shutting off or silencing some of the IgE antibodies that are responsible for allergic reactions. So in that case, if they're able to shut off the IgE, that's being a drama queen, uh, the level of the IgE in the, the 
immune system will go down. They'll get rid of the overdramatic troublemaker, so there will be no more trouble. There will be maybe less trouble, but still. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. That's another one that I want to learn more about. But from my understanding, to my knowledge, these types of therapies are not currently used in practice, in practice, and they still need to be studied further. But um, I think this is a really interesting approach because, like I said, it doesn't target the symptoms. It targets the cause of the symptoms. So it's like you're solving the problem by stopping the problem instead of like making a, I don't know. Isn't there like a saying for that? Nip it in the bud. Is that, a, is that the right? Is that what I'm thinking of? Is that the right thing to say? I don't know. Words are hard. Okay. All right. So although allergies are annoying, there are still ways of treating them to make them less annoying and more importantly, less lethal, right? I have to remind myself that there, you know, people die from allergic reactions. So maybe some sniffles and some bronchospasms when I hug a dog is really not the worst thing in the world, right? But all right, well, that's all for this week. Um, a shorter episode than normal, but hopefully that quick summary answered our questions about allergies sufficiently. If you have any lingering questions or any follow-up questions, uh, please feel free to reach out. Uh, I'd be happy to readdress or um, do some more research and get back to you on any other questions that you have. Um, but yeah, other than that, that is all for this week. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and review the podcast wherever you're listening. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at SamSplainingSci. That's S-A-M-S-P-L-A-I-N-I-N-G-S-C-I. You can connect with me there and ask questions if you'd like there. You can also submit your questions to samsplainingscience.com slash ask. So if you have anything that you want Sam explained to you, you can ask away. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you learned a little bit and laughed a little bit, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.